I'm working now for a company that is looking to uh, build a webshop uh, going into e-commerce. I posted on LinkedIn. I'm looking for an agency that can help me uh, build uh, a, a webshop. And 77 companies reacted, all of them with, hey, we're the best. Hey, everyone. Today, I had an amazing conversation with Bart de Waale. Bart is quite a local legend as he was involved in founding some of the most iconic digital agencies in Belgium, such as Wes, uh, Duke and Grace, and recently Springbok. So it's a very interesting conversation as we take a deep dive into the landscape of agencies and how they have evolved and what the role of technology and brand is within all of that. So buckle up and let's talk branding. Oh, uh, a legend, that's a big word. <laughs> I'm famous on a, a local social media, but that's like being rich in Monopoly. It's good for the ego, but it uh, doesn't help you further. Um, what you need to know about me, uh, I, uh, I studied accountancy and then escaped uh, after 10 years working in a bank. I uh, started my own uh, digital agency, brought that to some 100 people uh, in, based in Ghent, uh, and sold it last year. Uh, so I'm uh, an entrepreneur uh, working in the field of uh, technology meets marketing. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. I, I think back then when you founded it, it was called Netlash. It's, uh, that's right. Uh, I changed uh, the name of the company four times. Um, yeah, Netlash, uh, Wes, and then Duke and Grace. And I... now Springbok. Springbok, yes. voila. Um, but, but maybe um, take us back a little bit to that time, um, early days of the internet. Mm -hmm. Like, first of all, what was going on, like in terms of why did you start this because it wasn't obvious back then i guess uh and and like what did a typical project look like uh, in those days well uh it was uh, 2006 uh, i dabbled uh, uh some with some building some websites on the side uh but then in 2006 me and my partner uh, we uh, we decided to go for it under the name of netlash building websites and in at that time in belgium um, the bulk of the websites was still doing the flash thing, moving <laughs> parts, uh, uh, very, very uh, beautiful. But uh, at the same time, uh, Google was uh, climbing up and the importance of Google for websites uh, was uh, showing up also here in Belgium a bit later than in the rest of the world, but uh, also in 2006. And uh, we started making... Uh, that as our uh, core competency, uh, building websites that score high in Google. And that's how uh, Netlash was founded. Uh, with the two of us here in, uh, in the attic, uh, and I, I still remember my mother saying, uh, hey, Bart, uh, uh, what will you do when everybody has a website? I said, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So you built a company with 100 employees. So that's, not, that's not bad. Um, I'm, I'm also curious to see, like, if we, um, go back, um, today, like you, you have been, uh, in, let's say part of this, uh, birth of online marketing, 
and then uh, looking at it today, like how have you seen it evolve? What are some of the evolutions that you look back upon now that have really changed? Well, you mentioned uh, uh, the naming of the company and these names uh, were the logical uh, evolution based on the evolution of the the internet. Uh, when we started 2006, it was all about making websites and that was still a new thing to do. Um, so it was quite technical. It was uh, building stuff. Um, but by the end of 2010, it was clear to me that uh, just building a website wasn't enough. Bringing the right people to it was as important as, uh, as making the website. And uh, at that time, uh, in Belgium, there weren't combined uh, companies. Uh, either you were a web builder or you were an online marketeer. And I uh, merged with an online marketeer, an online marketing company, uh, uh, to form the new uh, agency. Uh, we were some 20 odd people. They were some 20, 25 uh, uh, people. And uh, at a certain moment, uh, a potential customer, a prospect came to us and said, we want to have a website built and have traffic uh, generated for that uh, website. And um, we decided to partner up at that time as two separate companies, but uh, file in one dossier uh, uh, to pitch for it. And we lost. We <laughs> lost to uh, a very traditional advertising agency that was uh, starting to do digital, but combined the two in one clear offering. And uh, in the post-mortem, when I, I went uh, for dinner uh, with uh, um, the boss of the online marketing company, and, and we tried to figure out why did we lose? Uh, we're not used to losing. Um, and it was because we, we still were two companies trying to make one offer, but it, it felt still as two companies. And uh, as a joke, uh, we both said, hey, what if we join forces and just merge the two? And that happened. So we changed uh, from Netlash as a web builder uh, to something else, something that was more of a digital uh, agency. Um, I used that momentum in 2010, 2011, uh, um, sorry for the bad uh, flanglish. <laughs> no worries. Um, we merged it, um, but I, I used uh, that momentum to change uh, building just websites for local uh, small companies, I wanted to change it to go to uh, more complex uh, customers, more corporate customers uh, with more interesting uh, 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 questions for us. Um, so uh, I changed overnight from a small 20-something company uh, doing executional building of websites uh, for uh, local uh, uh, SMEs. Um, I changed it to, we're going to go for corporates. We're now 45 people. Uh, we're going to be strategic. Uh, so change on, on all fronts, uh, which was um, kind of foolish to do. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the first year after the merge, um, I think we had a, a, a turnover of people of 45%. Uh, so nearly yeah. one in two of, uh, of our uh, employees left uh, because they said, hey, uh, this is what what this isn't what I signed up for. Uh, I started in a small company uh, working executional for SMEs, and now I'm in a bigger company working strategically uh, for corporates. Hmm. But hey, 
I went ahead and uh, uh, made it work. Uh, so that's when we changed our name to Wes, uh, away from the technical sounding Netlash and away from the perception of just building websites, but offering a digital, mainly digital, purely digital, uh, strategic uh, uh, input. Interesting. Yeah. And then uh, for the listeners, Wes is kind of like wise, but also in local slang, it's also cool. So it was definitely uh, a change also in, in perception of that agency. And and maybe because I think you mentioned something interesting there of like uh, combining forces. And I think in general, that's a bit of like a, a macro thing. We've seen that a lot of agencies are consolidating or at least were consolidating up to a point where they become like very uh, big and I'm wondering like do you see that trend go on uh, or rather go the other way around and start unbundling again and smaller studios like what's your uh, perception there? I think uh, the short answer is yes uh, both of them mm. um, and, and this is a, a, a trend or a, a movement that's been going on for ages and ages and, and, and is still going on. It's like there's a, um, an, a, a very turbulent uh, uh, underbelly of small uh, shops, uh, very specific on one expertise or one niche audience. Um, and they're growing, starting from their expertise, growing to... Uh, and, and this is um, I'm talking about the Belgian market with the scale of the Belgian market, growing to 10, 20, 30 people uh, at max. And, and that's the end of their uh, specific expertise. Uh, mm. To grow beyond that, um, you have to uh, go broader in your offering and, and be a bit more strategic and, and uh, uh, get more offering in in into the market uh, so you have to grow um, and that's a very difficult jump to make from 20 people to 40 50 uh, people with a broad offering um, so not many can do that so i see lots of these companies yo-yoing uh, yeah growing to 10 people 20 people and then, then getting smaller again or or quitting um, so there's there's this constant uh, uh, new expertise that's coming up, uh, growing, uh, and making a jump to full service agency, uh, or getting consolidated by a full service uh, agency. And then there's a new expertise uh, uh, emerging on the market, and then you see new uh, 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 young guys who are native to that uh, new expertise, uh, building a new uh, offering, uh, growing. And so there's there's this constant creative destruction. Uh, based on the the the, the, the tempo of uh, changes in the expertise, right? so you had building websites, uh, uh, online marketing, social media. Uh, now there's uh, TikTok uh, <laughs> that's coming uh, as a new expertise, and and all these social media and influencer marketing uh, things. Um, there there will be uh, AR, I think, in uh, in a few years. And so there will be another wave of creative destruction and new uh, expertise guys that are coming up, uh, uh, overtaking the the more incumbents uh, who have not the 
the the native skill of that new expertise interesting yeah and and i guess like after that whole journey that you had of growing that company to to a very big company that is doing basically full service you you jump chip and now um you you're running i know a guy maybe tell us a bit about like what was the thinking behind that because i think it's interesting for the listeners the type of services you you decided to offer yes well it's uh uh, i'm convinced that most strategies are uh emerging and post factum uh, (laughs) is uh, you do something and you stumble upon something that's that's successful and uh, looking in hindsight you you discover the strategy uh, instead of uh, defining strategy and this is what happened uh when I uh, sold the company, I decided to uh, uh, to do something else. Um, some companies came to me and said, hey, Bart, do you know an agency that can do this? Or do you know an agency that can do that? And after uh, doing that for free three times, I said, hey, maybe this is my job now. Um, so I started last December with, uh, I know a guy, I know a girl, you can choose. It works uh, either way. Um, I help companies who want to uh, engage in agency. So I help them in four different uh, phases, four different steps. I help them decide uh, or define uh, what kind of skill sets they need. Um, I help them uh, shape if this is an internal role, a freelance role, or an agency role. Uh, The third part is the the hardest uh, part, is uh, writing the briefing for an agency. And then uh, at last, uh, I help them select them, long list, short list selection. Um, and I think, I think there's a real need there. Uh, the question mark is, is it, are there enough customers that uh, recognize the need and want to pay for the need? But uh, when I look at the agency landscape in Belgium uh, and the Netherlands, um, there's this sea of sameness. They all talk about themselves in the same way. Um, and, and strangely enough, all of them say, we're different. We're going to change marketing. And by saying that, they're putting themselves on the same level as everybody else. So all jokes aside, what I see is, is a lot of confusion uh, with customers, with clients. Uh, they don't care about that market. Mm-hmm. Once every three to five years, they emerge, they, they stick their head out and, and look for an agency. They don't know where to look. Uh, they don't know how to choose, how to select. Uh, they don't know how to differentiate. Um, uh, and, and I can understand why. Yeah. I'm working now for a company that is looking to uh, build a web shop uh, going into e-commerce. I posted on LinkedIn. I'm looking for an agency that can help me uh, build uh, a, a webshop. And 77 companies reacted, all of them with, hey, we're the best. We can do that. Mm. I pity the client that has to select out of these 77 people who would be the best fit. So this is my role now. Uh, I try to uh, get a right cultural fit between uh, uh, the company the client and the agency and try to get them on a on a 
a good footing, try to get this partnership uh, started in the right way uh, mm. by um, making sure they're communicating on the same level. Yeah. I think it's really interesting, and and I mean, I see the the need for it as well. I'm I'm often also playing somewhat of that intermediary role, where like looking at the strategy first, disconnected from what the execution or or um, will be, and like one thing that that I'm thinking about, and and there's people listening on both sides here. There's people listening that are in house that might be interested more in like how do you think about selecting the right agency and so on and then there's people listening from agency side mostly i think interested in how do we differentiate ourselves in that sea of sameness maybe let's let's tackle that second part first mm -hmm. like how do you maybe you have some ideas on how to actually then stand out and and maybe yeah be differentiated it's a difficult one and and first of all you have to understand uh, you're no different than anybody else <laughs> yeah um there's no silver bullet here there's no um innovative new way of doing things you're helping companies with their marketing point final mm. um so don't try to be too smart and too clever about it because then you'll you'll wind up in in very buzzwordy uh, things that are not believable for clients and they don't understand or uh, or can can uh, grasp them. Uh, the second thing is you have to stop talking about what you're offering. You have to understand, and this is where my uh, uh, my ten years in the bank before I started my agency helped me. Um, I learned a lot of things in that bank, working in that bank. Uh, for instance, that I don't want to work in a bank. <laughs> but, um, uh, they learned me how to sell. Uh, and, and one day, one of those gray uh, old bank sharks uh, sellers uh, came to me and he talked to me about selling. And he said, part you have to understand that the person on the other side of the, of the table is not buying from you the moment he's convinced of your expertise. He's buying from you the moment he's convinced that you can formulate his problem better than he can do it himself. Because he's not an expert in the solution. He's an expert in the problem. He doesn't know anything about the solution. He cannot decide if it's a good solution or it's a bad solution because he's not an expert in it. Mm. So stop talking about your solution. Stop talking about what you're offering. The moment you start talking about the problem and defining the problem of your customer better than he can do it that's the moment when that customer is convinced that your solution is also the right one so um i see a lot of agencies talking about uh, this is our culture and this is our technical stack and this is uh, what we do and this is our solution um irre irrelevant irrelevant hmm. uh, and and to be very cynical even the quality of your solution is irrelevant when it comes to selecting an agency uh, in the mind of the customer. Um, you have to understand that uh, the reason why uh, customers choose an agency um, are different than the reasons why they stay with an agency. Hmm. And the reasons why they stay is absolutely quality. 
the quality of your solutions, the quality of your communication, the quality of your project management, all these things. But the reason why they choose it has nothing to do with quality. They can't make a difference between between good and, and bad quality at that uh, moment. I'm talking about most of the clients. Eh? Yeah. There also, there are uh, exceptions who are, are better at this. So mm. talking about we're the best, it's irrelevant. Uh, trying to explain the quality of your solution, it's irrelevant. That's not the emotional factor that decides uh, to choose for you. Mm, interesting. Uh, maybe let's hop on over to the other side. Like For me, this is also very interesting because I've been on the agency side. I've worked for a small, big, my own studio and all, everything in, in between. So I kind of know that that area and and like the struggles but like i moved in-house now in the last two years to to a health tech scale up you know alan perhaps and um what's interesting there is like looking at at it from the other from the other side is first there is a discussion to be had a lot about should we even go and hire externally or not and mm -hmm. i'm just curious about like your take there like what are maybe some of the the parameters or things that you that help you make that decision in the first place yeah there's um uh, reasonable explanations and there are emotional explanations <laughs> yeah? and the reasonable explanations are are the ones that get talked about is we don't have the manpower or we don't have the expertise um, and we want to insource that um, uh, or we want to get the best in the market and, and level ourselves up and try to learn and internalize uh, that knowledge. Um, and I think that's very important uh, to, to get these things right. Um, the reason, the real rational reason uh, uh, to insource or outsource is clock speed. It's the, the, the speed of things to do. Mm -hmm. um, if it's a project that's uh, ending and an expertise that has an, an end in, uh, in, in what you're doing and what you need, um, and it can go slower, slower meaning it can go with an external party where there's some ping pong uh, uh, in, in this communication, then it's okay to uh, outsource that to an agency. If the speed at which it should go uh, uh, is higher, then you should internalize. Mm. Um, for instance, um, community management and most social media management in the organic uh, space, I think it should be internalized. Yeah. Or uh, working with a freelance profile that's very close and very uh, uh, inside uh, the company because the uh, flow of information has to be very fast and very internalized. Um, on the other hand, um, positioning and branding, which is usually a one-off uh, project, uh, I think um, is possible to externalize it mm -hmm. and even sometimes has benefits of uh, externalizing it because doing that for yourself is very hard. I always say uh, when you're inside the bottle, it's very hard to read the label. Um, and that's what positioning and branding is, is usually about, is, is taking that, that uh, step back 
and looking at the label. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I, I know that's like a, a big thing. I, I, I think a lot of companies um, dream of doing everything in-house and I, I don't agree with that philosophy. I think there is a lot of value to be had with uh, creative partners. It's just, as you said, like knowing when to when to use them and when not. And I think that's usually where most of the problems arise. But maybe shifting the conversation a bit, you mentioned branding and this is a podcast about branding and brand building. So I'm I'm also very curious. I, I saw you posted some also some things on, on LinkedIn uh, recently about brand building. So I know you're you're uh, also very interested in this, but I'm I'm mostly curious as you've been uh, in this industry and you've seen the shift towards digital and online marketing and the way um, brand has been built has been shifting a lot um, on your take as to where we are today and maybe also where it's headed in the future. Whew, that's, that's a very big question. Uh, and I'm, I'm just uh, echoing the big names, uh, the Sharps and the... Uh, of this world um let's let's let me take it down a notch mm -hmm. and and talk about um how it it came to be um the more digital agencies um uh, started small and started with small clients and uh, uh not that particularly uh, high end brands uh, so they're there's a whole generation of people, digital savvy, digital native uh, marketeers who are convinced that uh, performance marketing and bottom of funnel is the only thing that matters. <laughs> um, and I made the same mistake. I made the same mistake and I said, people don't watch TV anymore. All these ads, that's bullshit. It's about uh, features. It's about uh, adding value. It's about uh, conversion, CRO. These kind of things. And that's true um, until it's not true. <laughs> um, and and I'll, I'll talk about my path. Um, when we had WES, we were a pure digital agency and we used um, uh, the user-centered design methods uh, to develop things. And at, a, at one time, uh, we were developing uh, for two different banks uh, big banks in Belgium, um, their websites based on that user-centered design method uh, with two separate teams that were uh, really separate that worked uh, independently, mm. but uh, based on the same methodology. Um, and so what happens when you do that, you look at the, the audience and the customers of that bank and, and the products of that bank and talk about... Uh, uh, what these customers want from a website uh, for a bank. And despite what these banks are saying about being different, um, they have the same products and they have the same audience. So following that user-centered design methodology, uh, we, we developed two websites separately that were basically the same, <laughs> just with another color and another logo. And which made sense, uh, because they are basically the same. And at that point, that's when I grew up from purely digital. Uh, that was the point where I decided 
hmm, maybe there's something else. Maybe there's something that needs to be differentiated. And that's where brand comes into play. And that's when I started uh, acquiring brand and activation agencies and uh, changed ways to something else that became really full service, Duke and Grace. And then I came into a league of customers um, who were able to do television. Uh, and and who were able to do uh, uh, image uh, spots on television. And I saw the effect on it. I saw the effect uh, of uh, brand and awareness campaigns, even on the digital uh, cost of acquisition. Um, I know uh, we've worked for lots of banks. The uh, smaller banks, they, they tend to um, uh, uh, aim for three, 400 euros acquisition costs per new client, while the big banks aim for 150 euros acquisition costs uh, digital. And that's just because of the brand. So the moment you invest long enough and uh, on a big scale enough in brand, your uh, acquisition cost in digital goes down. Um, so there's, a, there's this, this um, connectedness between the two. Uh, and, and we all know the, the scheme of the long and the short of it and, and this balance be, between the two. Um, but, uh, what I'm seeing now, your question was, where is it now and where is it going? I think this balance is coming. Um, uh, and when there's new expertise, there will be a whole new generation of new guys making the same mistakes. Uh, when we're all on AR uh, glasses uh, and, and they will make the same mistake. But there's a, a new balance coming where we see that um, the digital uh, um, uh, effectiveness, pure bottom funnel, pure performance, pure conversion is uh, topping out. It's, it's, it's like on a, on a plateau. Uh, and when you get there, you need to invest in brands to get to a new uh, level. And so the, the digital guys are, are learning this in agencies, but also at clients. Um, so I think there will be uh, um, an, a very strong uh, push towards more branding um, for several reasons. Uh, the more macro reason is the more you go to the AI platforms like ChatGPT or the uh, um, marketplaces like Amazon and Bull, uh, the more important it is to be recognized on a brand mm. name and not just on a performance uh, name. Uh, so that's the, the more macro trend. Um, for 2024, I think there will be a huge surge in traditional budgets, television, radio, newspapers, and, and magazines, because there's it's very simple. There's an election year coming all over the world. There's the Olympics coming. There's the European Championship of Football uh, coming. So uh, there will be massive gains this year to be on uh, uh, an awareness uh, level. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I like how you're looking at it from from that angle and not just like. Uh, from from a typical trends angle, I think a lot of the, it is in, indeed driven by these uh, macroeconomic things. And what's been interesting for me to see as well is is uh, I know you've always been one to 
be interested in new platforms, new ch channels, like you've always been outspoken about those. And, and I think that's something uh, a lot of people, like maybe especially in-house people are like struggling with. Like it's already a lot to understand all of the current channels, but like maybe some things, technology platforms, channels that you're excited about in the future. Mm -hmm. Well, um, predicting the future is very hard, <laughs> especially when it's in the past. Um, yeah, that's it's a difficult question. Um, I, in 2019, I was very excited about uh, TikTok. I remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and and the moment uh, the pandemic hit, uh, I started experimenting on TikTok because I wanted to know uh, it uh, and and know that channel. Um, I think TikTok is still on the on the rise. It's it's still the place to be and and will still grow the next year um, for several reasons. Uh, I think. Um, mainly because it's closer to television than Facebook or Instagram or, or Twitter are. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's very close to a lean back experience where advertising is okay and part of the experience. Whereas in, in the, the Facebook or the Twitter, it's always an interruption in what you're really doing. So it's very clever in the way it was built. It's, it's a pure entertainment uh, uh, channel where advertising has a very native place. Um, I'm convinced that threads will uh, supplant Twitter. Mm. X, should I say? Um, I wasn't very convinced of, of the the oh Twitter is dead now it's X uh, and it's still very much alive um, but that was mainly because Threads wasn't available in Europe yet now I see the platform I think there's a real danger there um, uh, I think you should keep always keep an eye out on on new uh, new wish uh, niche channels like Reddit still. Uh, very important, uh, Twitch, very important. Um, but I think the, the next few years will be waiting for uh, the new platform to arise. And, and I'm convinced that it's something like AR, meaning, meaning a new platform. There was the platform of internet on our desktops and laptops. Mm -hmm. The second one was the, the, the platform of uh, mobile phones where we're still uh, uh, in the midst of. And now it's waiting for the new platform. And the, the building blocks are being experimented with, are, are, are being put into place. And you see lots of experiments. Humane uh, uh, is one to watch. Um, uh, Rabbit want to watch, hmm. you see lots of new hardware experiments uh, that are uh, working towards a new paradigm of interacting uh, away from the screen and to a more natural input-output. Uh, what it will be, I don't know. I don't know. Will it be humane or rabbit? Doubtful. Will it be uh, Apple who finally delivers 
uh, with their Vision Pro and the and mainly the, the the things that will be derived from it, maybe. But I think there will be our next frontier, and and then we will have to be ready um, to see what kind of um, applications arise on that new platform. Uh, and it will take three to four years before the new applications will be visible, mm. uh, like it was uh, three, four, five years after the introduction of the iPhone, uh, before it was clear that well, Uber and Airbnb and Instagram and, and now TikTok uh, are coming to, to be. Um, but it will need uh, another way of, um, as brands, of communicating. Uh, just uh, visually, now we're used to um, making communication in 2D, two mm -hmm. dimensions. Everything we do is flattened, is projected on a flat screen, even our video. Um, but the moment you get something that's more AR-like, that's more uh, glasses-like, you get depth. Apple calls it spatial design. But we will need new designers because it will be very hard to make the move from a 2D designer to a spatial designer. Just like we we saw when, when internet came, it was very hard to move from print design, which was very static, uh, to a more fluid and dynamic 2D, but digital design. Um, so interesting things to be, but uh, I think we're over, uh, as always, overestimating the short-term uh, changes mm -hmm. and underestimating the long-term changes. Yeah. Very interesting. And you were right about TikTok, so let's hope you're right about this because I'm excited about it. <laughs> well, the, the, the things I've watched the last few years was was more in the e-commerce space, eh? is, mm. is where social and, and commerce are, are uh, merging. Uh, Xi'an and Temu are, are the more interesting uh, things to watch right now. Yeah, for sure. Maybe to, to wrap it up, because, uh, I mean, we can go in, in these things like AI and all of these trends. There's I can a lot yammer of, on for ages. Yeah, there's a, but, but maybe, let's say, you're, I'm listening to this as a brand manager, marketer, young person, uh, and I'm excited, but also maybe a bit scared about the future. Like, what would you recommend in terms of skills or, or knowledge to go do and learn right now to to be to future proof yourself well um technology and platforms change but humans don't change we're still the same people who want the same things as 2000 years ago in in uh safety and love and recognition and shelter all these things so the best way paradoxically to future prove yourself is to look back at the fundamentals of branding mm. and marketing and look at what doesn't change. Uh, so the best way to invest in yourself is getting a, a firm grasp of these fundamentals and, and, and look at the classic uh, things there at the same time. Um, apply this knowledge to each new platform that comes. So each new platform has a new language. Uh, TikTok has a different language than Instagram, than Twitter, than Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, so invest in an 80-20 uh, percentage, 80 the fundamentals, and 20 
just throw yourself out there, just like I did with TikTok. I'm a 50-year-old dad uh, getting 8,000 followers on TikTok by uh, posting cringe dad jokes. Uh, <laughs> but that allowed me uh, to, to feel that algorithm and feel what works and what doesn't work. Um, so uh, get some playtime and don't stay at the outside of it. Throw yourself into it and, and experiment with it and, and get the feel of it. So even if you're working with an agency or with an, an expert or a freelancer, that you know what you're talking about and, and you don't get bullshitted. Paula, well, uh, I think that's, that's amazing advice. Uh, for the people that maybe want to reach out or check out your stuff, uh, Bart, where can they go? I'm at Netlash on every channel. So uh, uh, tweet me or slide in my DMs or send me a dance video on TikTok. Uh, it's okay. But uh, if you want to uh, hire me professionally, I know a guy.be or I know a girl.be. You can choose. Amazing. I'll put that in the show notes. Thanks so much for coming on, Bart. You're welcome. All right. That was it for this episode. As always, if you want to stay up to date on the latest news, new episodes, tutorials, sneak peeks, bonuses, all that stuff, go visit letstalkbranding.substack.com. Hope to see you in the next